0: Well, welcome back, Emily. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing today? Oh my
1: gosh, I am doing great. I'm really happy to be in the studio. It's nice and toasty and warm today. Right. Which is nice because we had our
0: first snow. Snow is here on the ground. Oh. I'm so happy about that. It's been quite the weather experience. (laughs) Fortunately, though, it hasn't stuck, which my son was complaining about. He's like, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It snows all day long, and there's nothing accumulating. And I said, that's a beautiful thing. I'm ready to go make a snowman. Like, oh, I, I okay, cannot well then, uh, wait. You and William should, you know, text each other and commiserate about the fact that there's no snow left on the ground. I, myself, am happy that it's all melting. <laughs> I'm not ready to make snowmen. Hopefully so.
1: soon. Well, see, I've been watching all the Hallmark Christmas movies already. Right, that's what
0: you're doing for yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I
1: know. It is. That's how I take care of me. So That's watched. Emily's self-care <laughs> regimen. <laughs> right.
0: three and Three and a half hours of Hallmark uh, Christmas movies every day.
1: Yeah, they yeah. don't give you nightmares, you know. Yeah. It's just good old happy charm. Charming stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, almost every movie has a "let's make a snowman" time. So, that's got me inspired.
0: Well, hopefully maybe one time this winter season there will be enough snow you can make yeah, a snowman out of it. Absolutely. But anyway, I know we have a, a great bottle of wine. We have a wonderful ah, yeah. guest with us here today, Amanda Stagenborg. Amanda, say hello to our hello. listeners and Emily. Hi.
2: Yeah, Hi, Amanda. We're really glad you're able to
0: make it in tonight. I'm so
1: happy
2: to be here. Thank you,
0: you for the having elements. me. Yes.
1: <laughs> it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. I no. was going to send us a sleigh for you, but... <laughs> Not enough snow <laughs> yet again. No
0: accumulation, but I'm sure Amanda's like I had to drive pretty far to get here, so I'm I'm glad I wasn't dealing with oh oh wasn't too bad. Where in do you drive St. From?
2: Peters? Oh sure. Yeah, so oh that's a charming kind of half town. Half hour away. Maybe, yeah, maybe forty five minutes in the snow.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. too terrible. No. So it's well, good. Great. Yeah, so we're, we're glad to have you here and. um, Uh, When I was talking to Amanda earlier, she said that she prefers a sweeter wine and a Moscato. So I was sent on the errand. Emily trusted me to go, and I went just like any good listener to the wine merchant. (laughs) And he said, Danny, hey, hi, um, I need a good Moscato. You know how Emily's tastes are.
1: (laughs) I love that. You know what? And as soon as you said, Danny helped me out, I was like, whew. Not that I don't trust you, Michelle. You've picked out some really excellent bottles that we've featured so far. It is very well, good. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. But I am excited about this one that you've picked out today. This is a Moscato Dasti. It's from Cassinetta Vietti. Um, it's a 2017. I have to say, I think this is just a really lovely way to start today. It's got really nice effervescence, just tiny, tiny little bubbles. Uh, the aroma of peach is very prevalent on this. And um, I just think it's you know lovely, beautiful pale yellow color. Um, you're going to get a little. I think I I get a little rose petal on the nose. What do you? What about you?
0: Uh, sh- uh, sure, <laughs> sure. I, I I well, no. Now that I smell, if I take a really Very light deep, floral,
1: pretty mm. nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: now I smell it. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, I have really like evolved.
1: Yeah, you have. (laughs) Yeah, so I think this is lovely. Cheers, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It is a frizzante, the good Italian. Yes. Oh, sorry. So, Michelle, you've tasted it. I have tasted it. Well, I am going to steal a little uh, statement that Danny said about this wine, and he was not mm. referring to how it panties at all. But he, it was like a very versatile wine where it, you could have it on like a hot day, a hot summer day, mm. sitting out there on the patio or with like a really great pepperoni pizza. Mm. Um that would be good. Actually, is this, it, right. what,
1: is this what this is inspired well, the Well, that's yeah. Now today. I have like the whole you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> the whole grocery store you know deli section here on the table too. Well, that's what happens, you know. Otherwise, we we might drink too much, we don't have we don't want to be irresponsible. Yeah, we're and we want you to be able to understand us by the end of the show, <laughs> so we try to go a little slower with that. But I so thinking about the fact that it's very versatile. It's a it's a, a a nice, solid pair of panties that isn't mm. ever going to let you down. And you could serve it as a dessert, dessert wine if you wanted to. Oh, my goodness. Or you could—I know, I've learned a lot. Or, you know, just keep it to yourself. You don't have to share with anybody, you know.
1: So this is kind of like— I never y- do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good practice. Perfect. Perfect. So
1: it's kind of like your breakfast,
0: lunch, dinner, dessert kind of wine. Right. So like it just— Uh, all around versatile and you know Mm -hmm. every woman has a pair of versatile panties that she has in her drawer and so this is kind of like the wine version of it. I love it. What's your impression of it Amanda? Well
2: I do taste and smell the peach Mm -hmm. okay and mm, it uh, it does remind me of uh Actually, a red dessert wine. Believe it or not, interesting. Um, it's got that syrupy taste to it. Mm. I love that. Mm.
0: <laughs> we have made her very happy. Well, good. Yes, yeah. well, good. Yeah. that's our that's our goal, and I think our listeners can get out there and get a bottle of this from uh, the wine merchant, and it's a really it's reasonable price. It was like thirteen dollars, yeah. very reasonably priced. So you could get two or three, whatever you want. Yeah,
1: that way you can share if you want to. You that's know, right. If that's you right. feel inspired. Yeah. yeah so well I I was looking forward to getting a chance to meet you Amanda because I've heard about you I've heard lovely things about you but I have never met you before and I'm curious what how did you and Michelle meet
2: well it was um, 20, over 20 years ago 2023 20, 23 years oh my ago goodness. I
0: used to babysit <laughs> my <Michelle's> daughter's <laughs> daughter Megan oh. <laughs> Yes, Amanda was a high schooler, and we moved in right next door to her. And, you know her family, and I had this, you know, nine month old, almost one year old. Amanda was next yeah, yeah. first birthday party. That's right. right.
2: Yes, I was there. Yeah. She was oh. in diapers. I remember when she was just toddling around.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, goodness. She was
2: itty bitty. Yeah. Um
0: And I would babysit all the time. All the time. Yeah. And We're, Amanda has two, uh, two older brothers. And so when Megan got a little older and she'd be out in the backyard and she'd be in her little swimming pool. Flirting with the boys. Flirting with your yes. brothers. Yeah. And your older brother would be outside <laughs> and Megan would go, hi, mom. You know, she was like two and a half, three, and she'd go toppling over to the fence. <laughs> he was and, about twenty. Yeah, he was so, oh so accommodating, and I, I told him, I go, Mike, you don't have to wait for Meg. It's fine. He did the
2: half wave, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and
0: we've kept in touch. But I do want to share one funny story. Um, Amanda's <laughs> about ten years younger than I am, and or a little older than I don't, ten years. I think is it. Yeah, is I think I think it's exactly ten years. Yeah, yeah. we're in the same month. Yeah. 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 And uh, she had just finished babysitting, and Dan, my ex-husband, and I, we were at the house, we were talking to Amanda, and, and it, we have to remember she was high school, and uh, <laughs> she says to my ex-husband and I, she goes, so, where were you guys when Kennedy got shot?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> were I'd you love studying
2: to say not it, it doesn't sound like something I would say, but I really did say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she did. She asked Dan and I where we were when, and we were both like, um. So we thought... Obviously, she thinks we're much older than we are. Yeah, I and think that. And I was like 26. I said, well, Amanda, we weren't alive then, but we can tell you where we were when Reagan got shot. <laughs> and you were like, oh, oh. And I don't know. It's because that's what you would hear your parents talk about. You know, my parents would talk about where they were. The whole world
2: is so small at that point, at that time in your life. And I do remember Michelle being the coolest person <laughs> in the whole world. She was the kind of person that would go out on a Saturday and come home at 2 in in the morning, yes, I would. And I'm thinking, wow. So not much has changed.
0: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, not, I don't go <laughs> not not near as much. So y'all were able to hear that. Hera's coming home so late. I, oh, no, oh, no, I was still there in the house. That's yeah. Right. I
2: would I would babysit um, and yeah. I would think, Wow, this is really adult. I cannot <laughs> believe how cool this is. I can't
0: Wait to be grown up like she is. Oh my
2: gosh. I wanted to be Michelle. Oh, yeah. My it was
0: well now funny. I'm now I'm blushing because that was an awful lot of uh <laughs> I, I don't know if I was the best role model. <laughs> I know I do have a tendency when I would come home from uh, being out, Dan and I, and having a few drinks, putting my arm around the babysitter and start telling <laughs> her all the things that nobody else is going to tell her oh, about. Which yes. much, I guess this is where the Clearly Speaking the podcast has evolved, it really too. St-
1: it really came from these er- <laughs> conversations. The really I, felt, did. I was yeah. inspired.
0: I had to tell them the truth about what college was going to be like and about boys and relationships. Everything.
2: She knew everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. So here it was, two in the morning, and she would sit me down on the couch for another half- of life advice and i would just <laughs>
0: unsolicited
2: eat it up, and i'm thinking wow
1: so this is do the coolest you, woman i've ever met oh, do you funny. recall any particular piece of advice that really stuck with you uh, there, there was some
2: advice about what college to go to. There was, a, and I did take that advice. And oh. um, yeah, I went to Webster for my mm-hmm. bachelor's. And she was very uh, adamant about do do what you want and exactly uh, just choose your own path and try to see the world. And and it stayed with me. And so when I was in college, I experienced a small amount of culture shock and going to Catholic school in, the, in the South, South City, City. Yeah. you're thinking that the world is only Catholic school, South City mm-hmm. and then you get to college and you realize wow, some of those things that she was saying, they're really coming true so it was good wow. yeah so, I think our
0: listeners feel the same way after I've had a bottle of wine, <laughs> you know, but, and giving them unsolicited advice. Yeah, unsolicited <laughs> advice that ring true, you know. Like even when she's, you know, been drinking, she still kind of yeah. kind has her ass together, you know. Did you babysit when you were uh, younger, Michelle? I did. Yeah, I babysat from well, not only my younger siblings, that was unpaid. That's slave labor. That's slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my therapist talk about it. You know, I still love my parents. But um, yeah, I babysat from, I think, age... Twelve until
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, and I guess when William goes off to school I'll be done. You'll be done. <laughs> yeah. Well, um,
1: until they have grandkids and then babies well, you know, yeah. babysit the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. If I let
0: them know where I am. Yeah. Twelve was
1: the age to start. That you babysitting. start, yeah, that's when I started right, as well. I don't know if that's the way I now. Could I can't imagine hiring a twelve year old. Twelve year old now to care for
2: I think it depends on the maturity level I think it depends on the maturity level yeah Yeah.
0: definitely depends on the maturity level um but I know I remember one lady I babysat for and she had three boys they were all handful they were a couple of years younger than me she paid me three dollars and ten cents an hour and she would always get out that's
1: pretty good money at that time three dollars (laughs) and ten cents an
0: hour this was in 1985 and she would come home from whatever she had to do and she would take out her calculator she would you know add up exactly how many hours and a half or a quarter and then multiply it out and then like you know give me you know to the penny and and i'm like this there was it was like the worst pay situation <laughs>
1: Well, I'm curious what the minimum wage was then. I'm like well, curious it was about less. that. that I mean, 10 the minimum, wage, cents, the minimum know? wage
0: was more than three dollars. Like and ten cents. four twenty five or something yeah, like that. It was like four right. twenty five and yeah. it's been four twenty five until whatever like, you know. Yeah, why wasn't it exactly
2: than three dollars? Why did she add the ten? I
0: don't know.
1: That'd be um, I don't know.
0: And then I mean she would defi- like she would prorate it.
1: Interesting. And she had
0: three boys. It wasn't like I was getting paid $3.10 an hour to watch Fantasy Island and Love Boat on Saturday night and eat the crackers and the cookies. No.
1: Okay, so ladies of the Babysitter Club, I want to know, what is your worst babysitting story? Okay, like, it when you were babysitting. me. No, okay, yeah, me. Okay, Amanda. Change the name to pretend. It does. Yes. It does.
2: Oh, no. And it had nothing to do with her or her ex-husband or the baby it had to do with the dog oh, they had a they had a Chloe. little dog Chloe yeah and it was valentines day they asked me to come over and uh, Yeah, cause they we were a, so romantic. Right, right, right. They were going out to dinner or, or what have you. And it was very easy. And I was only there about maybe an hour. And they had a balloon, a helium balloon. On the end of it was a little piece of candy. And the dog ate the piece of candy with the string or the the oh, ribbon no. of the balloon coming oh, out God. of his oh, mouth. God. I don't remember and this. And so <laughs> I'm watching TV and all of a sudden... Um, Chloe's choking. She's running past me with a balloon <laughs> coming out of her mouth. Oh. And I'm like, oh, well, I better take that because I don't want to. I don't want to. It's wanna chocolate. See coming out I don't end. want her to be yeah. sick in any way. Well, then I realized she had swallowed the chocolate, the entire chocolate bar. So the string was coming out.
0: Of her throat. So I had to stick
2: my hand down her throat and pull out the chocolate with the ribbon attached to it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this dog is going to die while she's out to dinner. Luckily, uh, she was fine. and I just never told you.
0: <laughs> so. I apparently owe you some more money for your life-saving skills I on I my saved dog. saved the dog's life. It, yeah. Do
1: you have like traumatic kind of? Um, she doesn't have any animals of, now. Yeah, yeah I, have I have no more have Two dogs, and I'm I'm like, oh gosh,
2: there was no chocolate around. But yeah, that was the only time. But Megan was very easy. She was a good girl. She loved mm. to sing all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's quite musical from what yeah you Megan. Should. Yeah. Yeah, she was always in plays and things later, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, she was the easiest little baby. I had no problem with her. Mm-hmm. I call her
0: a baby and, and she's 24. Going to be well 95. She's going right. to she's going to be 24. Wow. She's 23 now. Hopefully she
2: doesn't mind if I call her a baby. she's okay with that. You
0: know, <laughs> she can call our comment line yeah. and, and leave <laughs> <laughs> leave a response for that. So, so
1: Michelle, what about you? I want to hear do you have a traumatic babysitting story oh
0: well, um nothing like that, nothing like m- yeah. Amanda said you know mm. I would probably think the times when i did it would be so so so, so late when the parents mm. would come home, and now there's a a grown up and I realize how many times the father was Drunk driving me home back in the 80s. I know. Just (laughs) smashed. Yeah. It's like, how, yeah, it's like, Mm -hmm. how we. Things were so different then. No
1: seatbelts, drunk, <laughs> drunk, drunk driving. You know, know? yeah,
0: um, yeah, which was nice. I wouldn't remember my my kids would babysit. I always made sure that I was did not go out and I was home so that they could call me if they needed me to come pick them up because the parents, you know, might have had a little too much to drink or something like that. I always wanted to be available mm-hmm. for uh, my kids to get home. This was, of course, before Uber or Lyft or any of those right. ride sharing services. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway. Well, so that's I, how Amanda and I know each other. I, I think I I, I, I,
1: I maybe my babysitting experiences were a little more lively than than yours. I I um I was definitely one of the neighborhood babysitters. So I was it was like a full-time job for me, you know. I I babysat almost every night of the week from the time I was 12 until I was uh you know 16, 17. Uh, summers only or <laughs> even during the school year? During the school year. Wow. Yeah. In busy. fact I, I bought my first car from my babysitting Money? funds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I um the the one that rings out uh the strongest to me is there was a little boy in the neighborhood and I think he was maybe five years old or something something like that when I was babysitting him. And he, you know, went to the bathroom and came out of the bathroom. Um, he, you know, had used the bathroom on his own many times before, but this time was much different. He came out and he had poo on his fingertips, a hefty amount of it, like, like globed on, oh. you know, and like came out. And he's like, what do I do about this? And I'm, I was just like, oh, my goodness, you know, <laughs> and I was I was shocked and not mature enough at that point in time to to think um let's just go to the bathroom and wash your hands off i was like oh my gosh and then he saw you know how like a dog when you know when you're trying to catch a dog he'll run away it's the same kind of thing so this kid saw my like oh my gosh and then he started to chase me around the house with the poo on poo on his hands did he catch you no, he okay. didn't, but he caught the walls instead oh, oh. and started wiping his hands on the walls. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh no, no.
0: <laughs> so did you tell did you, did you tell the parents? Or did oh, you get it all cleaned you, up before? Oh,
1: yes and yes. Oh. Wow. Yes and yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Wow. That, was, that Weird, was. I'm not going to ask you this child's name oh, to protect the innocent, because yes. he probably would hate to mm, have that out there, right? Or you know, maybe his his own children are doing paying that, back. Doing you paying you them never back. know. Yeah. Holy cow! So that, did you babysit for them again?
1: You know, I think I babysat like one or two other times from them, but uh, with them. But I. I I, yeah. I had, other, I had other, I had other, other families to babysit. Non shitty situations <laughs> that you
0: can get into. Other, other families. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's um, take a quick break and then we'll come back. I know uh, we wanted to talk with Amanda a little bit about this whole, it's not really a phenomenon, but it is, well, let's call it a syndrome. This whole mommy shaming thing, especially for working moms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And as babysitters, we, I bet you we, we, probably Could have done a little bit of mommy shaming about her son running around with shit <laughs> on his oh, fingers. No kidding. So, yeah. Well. But we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back with more <laughs> Clutterly Speaking the podcast. <laughs> we're back to Clutterly Speaking the podcast. So, before the break, we were talking about. Incidences with our babysitting situation, mm-hmm. and we wanted to talk some more about the syndrome of mommy shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda, w- she brought this up on an email. She's like, "You know, Michelle, this is a really horrible thing that's going on." And you know, let's—I would love to talk with you about it. And I said this would be a fantastic uh, topic for our, our podcast. And so, Amanda is a professor of communications and public relations at Missouri Baptist University. And a mother of two young boys. They're yes, two and four, four and three. Yeah, just turned three. Yeah, and so you know, Amanda works full time. She has Mm -hmm. you know married the kids, and she was uh, sharing with me. And so, go ahead and share a little bit with our listeners what brought this, like, why you wanted to come on and talk about this topic today. Uh,
2: Well, I am an older mom. And didn't start what? having. Oh yeah. No, you're okay. not. Hey, I'm almost forty. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's nothing. <laughs> and um, I, I always wanted to be a mom. I didn't think about other moms that much. And uh, when I had my kids, it was fabulous. And then uh, my oldest son just entered preschool this past August and I really have a lot of mommy guilt about that and um what, trying What well, aspect of it? Uh well being gone okay. all day and um having to when I'm when I'm there I have to grade papers, write lectures, do lots of different things, answer student emails. Mm-hmm. So uh it feels like I'm working all the time and right. so I have to categorize my time quite a bit um, for the good of the students, quite honestly. I also advise about 35 students and oversee their internships, and so there's a lot of different things going on. So when I put my son in preschool, I decided to uh, balance that mommy guilt with getting involved in as many things as I possibly could. mommy clubs and um, lots of Stretch yourself even more, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought, I can do it all. I will have lots of time to do these things and I'll be on the board of things and I'll go to meetings and then... You'll be the PTO mom as right. well as a professor. At- I can do it all. Okay. I okay. thought all of those things. Then-
0: <laughs> well, I was your... I mean, you looked up to me, right? You I thought, did. that's what I did, I right? I want to be it like all. Michelle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that lasted about maybe two weeks weeks, and uh, I would go to a meeting or um, some kind of event, and all of the other moms, I kid you not, all of them were stay-at-home moms. All of them. There wasn't one working mom. And That's surprising. Oh, yeah. Right. And so I I felt very out of place, but I thought I can handle this. And then I realized that uh, they were planning things, outings, and... Um, playground dates and all these things uh, during the day. You. like right. well, right, I don't think they were purposely ex- excluding me, mm-hmm. but um, I realized that there is a, a mom category or a mom box that you fit in that you fit into, and then if you don't, then obviously you're just out of the club. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know that I was in a club of
0: mommyhood you're in the working mom club. the
2: working mom club yeah and uh, then i realized that um, i just could not fit all of this into my schedule at all uh, but i tried i tried the book club i didn't like the book it seemed as if they were going on one chapter a week and i had read <laughs> nine and about four days and I I was I'm thinking I I don't know if this is the right thing for me and I started thinking about it almost every day um wondering what kind of mom am I, and what is my little boy going to think of me if I'm not giving out Rice Krispie treats? If I'm not a room mother and all of these things, and uh, it really started to bother me, and then I realized um, right after I told some of the other moms, I don't really think I want to be in this anymore. Um, you're completely excluded.
1: It's curious to me. I'm 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 wondering with the book club, mm-hmm. for example, the children aren't. A- Part of that, right? It's right. just within just the mothers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if the bond is that you all have children that are in the same school or class together, I, I'm, I'm not. I guess I'm confused as to why is this all the pressure? Why are you looked down upon for not participating in a women's group more than you know? It's not like well, you're coordinating events with the children.
0: I think they probably subconsciously. Th- felt that you were rejecting them so they just cut you off subconsciously. Possibly.
1: Yeah, that's probably you know?
0: yeah. Um, I looked it up online what the uh, you know the definition of mom shaming and it says criticizing or degrading a mother for her parenting choices because they differ from the choices the shamer would make. So if you have a group of stay-at-home mothers and you're a working mother, they're you're going to make different choices just by the nature of the fact that you were working outside the home and, and they are unpaid workers inside the home. Um, and being a working mother carries your own guilt that, you know, you don't need anybody else telling you that you're doing something wrong because you're already beating yourself up for the fact that you don't have 36 hours in a day and why you mm-hmm. haven't been able to make it to be 36 hours in a day. Um, but... It is very prevalent, and the more research I did for the show, it is very prevalent, and it, I was getting quite upset reading about this, you know, um, and I can't imagine, like, living in it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a very lonely feeling. You, you sort of envision your whole life a certain way, and then all of a sudden, you realize that you are uh, stuck in the middle of the water, and you don't know how to swim,
0: Mm. And oh, that well, people really feel is... like that a lot just by being a parent. Oh, I mean, just right off the bat, <laughs> being a parent, you don't know which how do way I to...
1: handle the situation of this kid running at me with, with... poo and his
0: <laughs> right. right, like yeah, for example, yeah, right. Um, but then to have have women, uh, and I don't know mm. why we do this. I don't know why we we tribalize sometimes as as women. And you know, reflecting back, like I said earlier, I'm about ten years older than Amanda. You know, I'm not in that same place anymore. Um, You know, I was a working mom. I I don't know what it's like to not have a job and have children. Um, And then I was divorced, so there's a whole other category of not having the the spouse with you so you don't fit into that group. Um, But people people will, you know, take whatever opportunity they can to make a comment on your parenting style. Um, You know, I... This kind of
1: harkens back to some of the the things that we we like to share um, from an in- inspirational standpoint of you know being being the kind of woman that lifts other women, you know, um, and building a community that supports each other. I and I I am confused. I am not a mother, so I haven't had the experience of mommy shaming. But I definitely have had a lot of experiences of um, feisty women. Let's mm. just put it that way. Women being very critical and, you know, grouping together to, to ostracize um, somebody else in the group. And I, I've definitely been that odd woman out multiple times. And I find it so confusing to me because— you know i think that there's so much greater strength when we rally together and support each other i don't i don't understand what we have to gain by tearing each other down do you
2: think it might be our own search for individuality and we really want to, to be noticed we want people to see us as Better than we are Or more than we are um, And so we put each other In different groups uh, And I shouldn't say put each other down Because not everyone was doing that It was just more of a Oh, well, I'll pay attention to these other people because she can't come to anything anyway.
0: Hmm. So and, why should I invest in right, a friendship with right. her? Because she's not going to be... It's not Absolutely. Be. So oh, just brilliant thought came to my mind. That's Those are friendships by convenience, mm-hmm. not friendships with intention. Does that make sense? Very
2: true. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
2: I know that uh, when I sent my son to nursery school when he was about two and a half, there was another mother who only worked, I think, maybe one day a week out of her home. And we happened to have a friendship, I thought, because we were picking our son up at the same time. So after seeing each other for a while, we became friends. And the interesting thing is um, we hung out several times and as soon as I took my son out of that nursery school, I never heard from her again. And that was my first um, experience with that Mm -hmm. and then wondering what happened. I had been on the board over there and so was she and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of interesting uh, common elements, but then when you take that away people don't know what to say to you anymore
1: so were you were you ghosted or like did she just stop responding to your phone calls and and so forth or was that the only time that you were that you connected and said oh hey let's get I together. think
2: I, we, we sent a few text messages about three or four times and I suggested getting together and then she was always too busy or, or something. And I think I'm at a point in my life now where you, you reach that point where you're like, I am so sick of chasing people. And if you don't want to come to something, don't come. If you don't right. want to be a part of something, just don't call me because I found out that people will, will be a part of something when they really want it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: when they don't, they'll find an excuse to not uh, talk to you or be a part of whatever it is you're doing. So, it's an interesting time. For well, sure. and you
0: and you can approach that from a little uh, because you are, you know, a, an older mother. Yeah. You know? So you you are approaching these relationships with a little bit more already experience behind you. But these, you know, imagine if you had if you were 22 or 23. Trying to navigate this stuff and don't have the we- the wealth of experience and wisdom just from having lived a few more years and interacting and being in a professional environment at the university level, um, so I I feel like how do we how do we break those those behaviors or how do we talk about them so that whoever is listening to us that might be a younger mother or might be feeling that that they've been mommy shamed and Mm -hmm. and are questioning their value as a parent. I mean, I'll tell you what, kids are resilient Mm -hmm. and the best stories, the best times if you can relate to somebody who has raised children or you hear from them and you realize, okay, their kids turned out all right. I mean, I have... When my son, who's now gonna be twenty years old, when we he was about two and a half, three, and I was working in the kitchen, and uh, he comes I hear him say, Hey mommy, look at me and I turn around and he is walking around with a gro- a plastic grocery bag over his head. Oh no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and my heart yeah. just dropped, right? And I grabbed the bag off his head and I was like, Oh, that's don't play with grocery bags, you know. <laughs> but I felt like how, how how, what how reckless I am as a parent because he found this this schnook's bag right that was somewhere in my house and he put it over his head and thankfully he likes to show off when he's done when he thinks he's done cool things you know mm-hmm. and he showed off to me but I was talking about this with another mother and she said you know what I always do whenever I come home I immediately take those bags or I'm done, and I tie them up in knots so that they can't be opened up and had I not asked or shared my mm-hmm. vulnerability. I wouldn't have learned that skill. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it. Maybe women are afraid to be vulnerable sometimes.
1: Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah.
0: You know. Mhm. Um, and and if we can if we can jump on somebody else's then we build ourselves up or like sure yeah what's that cliche I I can't think of it right now but you build yourself up by
1: putting other people's down you know that that, I think that is and that's a a men and women kind Mm -hmm. of that's not unique to just women um but I but you know again that just takes us back to be the beginning of why we wanted to start having these conversations because we we want to we want to empower people to growth by being vulnerable
0: right Right. So what have you done then since since then? What's been your... How have you taken care of yourself?
2: Well, I, I believed, and I, this is to be fair to a lot of the women, I don't think that they meant to be malicious in any way, but I felt like I had to remove myself from all of it. And mm-hmm. um, I... I stopped doing the book club. I stopped going to the meetings. I didn't want to be a part of any of those things anymore. And in a way, I just chose to stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that is going to help me or hurt me in the long run. Um, But that's sort of like, you know what, I'm just going to go and do my university things and talk to professional women and uh, talk to women who are working. And so in a way, it it doesn't help because then you don't get to know other people who aren't like you. Mm-hmm. And and they, they don't get to know me either. So,
1: you know, I, I totally understand that desire just to pull away from it all and um, protect yourself. But, you know, is it, is there this overlying fear of rejection that's actually keeping you from trying again and trying? I'm surely within within these these hmm, women. There's someone that well, yeah, will understand how you're feeling.
2: I I don't know if it's a fear of rejection, but a fear of exhaustion. Okay, and like I do not have time for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I found instead of joining lots of things and being a part of lots of different things uh picking out one or two people from my son's class and saying you know what my son talks about your daughter Mm -hmm. all the time do you think that you want to get together and I think that's a better way to go for me Mm
0: -hmm. than
2: getting together and doing all of these things
0: like Crafts and yeah, sure things that
2: I've never been very good at.
0: Yeah, no, me neither. I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I, I really blame. I and I've said this before. I blame a lot on Martha Stewart. She <laughs> has, she's made women feel, well, women like me feel inadequate because I didn't raise the wheat in my backyard that I harvested to bake the cake from scratch for my my son, daughter, you know, and that I didn't, you know, use the milk from the cow and the eggs from the chickens that I have in my, you know, city backyard. But you don't have a staff of 10,000? I don't have a staff of 10,000 <laughs> right? yet. Hashtag goals, <laughs> right. right? But I, I also want to say that, you know, your children are not going to judge you for not being at the bake sale Mm -hmm. um because you are present you show up in their lives and are present in their lives in so many other ways that they're not even gonna know that you weren't room mom you know i think so
2: i think so it does hit you every now and then i know uh we live in a subdivision in -hmm. saint peter so we have to go through about three or four different streets to get to our house and we were driving through a few weeks ago and my son said to me um look at all those people, they have pumpkins. How come we don't have any pumpkins? And I thought, oh yeah, Halloween is coming up. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot about it. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh no, I'm a terrible mom because I didn't put out pumpkins and these people had them out there for a month and a half. But uh, really it comes down to what's right for us and what we have time for.
0: Right, and you you can't, you cannot kill yourself trying to appear to everyone else that you're this perfect mother, you know, because you are, you are the mother to your children. So you're perfect for them. And, you know, you will be fine as life goes on that the things that they will remember, you'll be like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's, that They will appreciate the small things, whether it was, like, hearing you cheer for them on the side of the, of the soccer field when you're able to be there, you know. It's like, yeah, there's my mom. She was always cheering for me, you know, or, yeah. or she always, we did this or that, or, you know, she read books to me. Hmm. I went yes. to a wedding this past weekend, and the daughter was, I was a friend's daughter, got married, and in her speech to her mom, she... Quoted from a children's book that her mom read to her all the time. Love you forever, like oh. you for always. As long oh. as I'm living, my baby, you'll oh, be. Cute. We were all in tears. Okay, so so that's what you know. She's re- re- remembering and sharing. So
1: she's a busy working mom,
0: and she's a busy right? working mom. Yeah, yeah, she's you know an attorney. You know, I mean, yeah. wow, yeah, but, yeah. She's very busy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. helpful. But there are some resources out there. I'm, you know, read. I saw an article in Working Mother magazine just like released a couple days ago about this whole like shaming working moms, you know, if you if you feel a little like this is happening to you, go online, take <laughs> laugh at some of the memes <laughs> connect with I mean I'm sure when you connect with um, others in your circle your same social yeah. circle even if you have young kids and they all their kids are grown they still have you still have relationships with absolutely, them absolutely yeah yeah. yeah for sure. um, we're going to take a quick bake oh, sorry that's that whole uh, <laughs> biscotto yeah <laughs> making me uh, we're so-
1: going to do a little glass refresh because clearly the- Michelle needs more clearly. we'll be right back
0: We're back. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I just needed a little refresh on my glass. This has been a very uh, tasty wine Mm -hmm. to drink and um, disappearing quickly. Definitely disappearing Mm -hmm. quickly. So, Amanda, um, you know, what kind of cool things are you working on moving forward? You know, raising the kids? Well, um,
2: in about two weeks, I am defending my dissertation. Oh, So I'm wow. pretty excited and for what that. Is, what is... Um, getting my doctorate in higher ed leadership, and I wrote my dissertation on the influence of uh, college films uh, on the expectations of students in their first year. So oh, wow. I identified about 10 films, looked at the patterns of Hollywood economics, and then realized that people were uh, very influenced by the movies that they see. You could have... Ended- interviewed my son
0: cuz oh, he was yeah. like watching all those movies as a senior junior in high school and he was like I cannot wait to get to college because of those movies because of those movies what was
2: his favorite movie that he liked to watch
0: oh uh, you'll have to name some out cuz i mean i could just think about like animal house but i know he wasn't watching animal house Yeah, but yeah. S- similar in that vein yeah animal house
2: set the pattern for mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. uh but what we identify what i identified was that women Liked *Legally Blonde* mm-hmm. more than anything, and for some reason, uh, men were identifying more with the water boy than okay. any really? other movie. Even though there was not many classroom scenes in that, they they loved it. They were downloading that. Um, it was being replayed over and over again. So. Um, we looked at I looked at back to school accepted pitch perfect
1: oh yeah Um, (laughs) yeah the whole
2: thing that started it in my mind I was thinking of what should I write about what should I do what do I care about I can choose something public relations centered but I'm thinking I cannot because I do that all All day day. long anyway so um, at that time that movie the to-do list of it premiered. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Is it probably um, on Netflix by now? Um, I think so. Okay. I think so. And it was about a valedictorian who was a straight A student and she thought that to get ready for her freshman year in college that she had to sleep with as many guys as possible. So she made a list Oh my gosh. About what to do to them and a list of how to prepare herself. And I thought to myself when I saw the preview at the time, do people really think that that's what you do? And it scared me. It scared me so much. And then after talking with my students and they would make quick references to different things and movies. So I put a whole study together and
0: And okay, so if they if they do really kind of rely on those Mm -hmm. movies to give them the impression of how how college is or how you know what it's going to be like, and then they get to college, do they suffer from a depression because it there's it isn't the party or if it is the party you're not going to have the classes? I mean, what kind of
2: right? Well, there's a transition into college and. Schlossberg has a transition theory where you go through uh, these different changes in that first year and if you, if you expect it to be different than what it really is, you're going to drop out and we have more people now than ever that have dropped out, that have never finished that have gone for something, that are in debt for mm-hmm. something they never paid for never finished and uh, so I I realized that that combined with something called metacognition, which is sort yeah. of that thing where um, we, we think of ourselves as capable in one way, kind of like if you can look at American Idol oh, and sure. those people think that they sing really well. Well, some people get yeah. to college and they think that they can handle it, um, but they can't. And so you're combining all of these different feelings and they can't. They can't hack it. And And they drop
0: out.
1: Yeah. I mean, they can't handle it because they haven't been trained with the right tools to study the right way or... Well, that...
2: um, And there was a lot of first-generation college students out there, and they have nothing to base anything on except what they see. And Mm -hmm. the films are repeating a pattern... Over and over and over yeah. again uh, for the past 30 years, it's the same thing. That- it's a formula that
0: works. It is. And it is. It, it'll, it'll draw people in. They'll get the money. You know, right. it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. making that pie over and over. It's That's always right. the same way because That's you, right. as soon as you change it, people are like, oh, that wasn't a very satisfying film.
1: Right. Right, he, and that's what
0: people out. want.
1: Yeah, he, he graduated. <laughs> yeah. Come on. well, Yeah. You so, mean the nerd doesn't become popular? What? You know, the, those guys, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Right. So is there a practical application then that you're suggesting with your dissertation well, and this research?
1: Well, um,
2: I didn't prove anything because uh, in a doctoral study you just show the research and so my suggestion my suggestion was to have higher ed match the marketing patterns so we tend to in higher education do mostly promotional things Uh, come on and have a college day and you could shadow and do all these Mm -hmm. things and it doesn't work for these students because the messages from hollywood are so much more powerful Um, here's an example so about 30 years ago the movie Back to School, they had a marketing campaign that uh, then was picked up by Melissa McCarthy's Life of the Party that just came out about, uh, I think it was in May. Yeah, It was the exact same marketing campaign. So my idea is to uh, for higher education to take existing marketing patterns, see what works, see what doesn't, and be yeah. more consistent because they're just sort of jumping to
0: tactics right now hmm wow well i mean that's that's a i think that's a really cool body of research that you put together and uh i am speechless because now i want to i know i I feel
1: like i need another glass of wine just to process that thought and figure out (laughs) because "Hmm." i think that
0: you know and i'm 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 no uh i'm no phd i like to pretend to be one but i'm I would think that with your research, there are some practical applications, not only on on, a, on the high school level, like how to prepare those kids mm-hmm. for that transition to like maybe they're maybe they're just missing two or three pieces mm-hmm. to get them to be more capable on that transition mm-hmm. on their own, and then also that like that first year, and I've heard of some universities having like a freshman year experience right. where they really dig or, you know, hold on tight to help retain them as I could keep them in for the next year and work on some of those things. Absolutely.
2: And there's so many that, that get that experience, but mainly it's traditional students that are living on campus. And mm-hmm. what do you do with transfer students? What do you do with commuter students? Mm-hmm. Students who work full time, we're missing a big piece of it. Yeah, Sure. They're yeah. not getting the full college mm-hmm. experience. The college experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all about the, the experience. Mhm.
0: Well, I feel kind of blessed that we got you before you finished your dissenter your dissertation because then we'd have to call you Dr. Amanda. Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> well, Dr. Amanda.
0: Dr. Amanda Stagenborg. Join us. So, so maybe you'll sure. come back when you're yes. done with that. Tell us how, it, how it went and uh, how things are going with the kids and what's your Absolutely. next project after getting through that dissertation defense. Sleep a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just take a nap. Oh, oh, your expectations are way too high. You, We need to have probably some research on what, what, yeah, you, yeah. You're what not can gonna we sleep. do now. You're not going to get to sleep. <laughs> There's have,
2: another benchmark that I have to hit somewhere along the line
0: well the kids you know they're four and three yeah you got a long time you yeah. have a long time before That's you, right. you That's really right. get to sleep So I do I do Yeah. <laughs> uh, well it's been great thank you so much for coming well, out thank on you this for having me cold uh, snowy day and drinking some uh, Moscato D'Asti yes. with yes. us mm-hmm. yes so, well cheers best, uh, best wishes to you Amanda thank you thank you so
1: cheers. much yeah. all right all right. Well, thank you for joining us yet again and on literally Speaking, the podcast. Um, if you are interested to see some of the behind-the-scenes moments, um, check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. And um, as you know, uh, subscribe to our podcast. And then, of course, if you have a comment to share, we want to hear from you. 812 727 0794 Thank you for joining us. We're looking forward to the next conversation. See you next time. Bye bye.